Through our national radio program app and website, we are helping people put their faith in God and not in money and possessions. And here's the exciting part for us, encouraging and equipping Christians to have a passionate pursuit for sacrificially living and giving the money entrusted to them. If you believe in and have benefited from FaithFi, would you consider becoming a monthly FaithFi patron? Learn more about the FaithFi patrons membership at faithfi.com and click give. Ronald Reagan once said, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours. Hi, I'm Rob West. Are we headed for a recession? The answer is always yes, but no one knows when it'll come or how deep it will be. I'll talk about how you can prepare today with financial coach John Putnam. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance. Biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, it's a pleasure to have my friend John Putnam back in the studio today. He's a certified financial planner, a certified kingdom advisor, the author of He Spends, She Spends, and the founder of Smarter Stewardship, a marketplace ministry offering resources, podcasts, and content to help you be a wise and faithful steward. John, good to see you, my friend. Rob, always great to be with you. Thanks so much for the kind invitation. Absolutely. And we're talking about the recession, not whether or not it's going to happen but how we as believers should respond. As you well know, John, a survey just recently released by economists at Bankrate found that nearly two-thirds of them, 64%, believe the U.S. will go into a recession in 2023, and the Fed's rapid increase in interest rates is probably driving that. So let's dive right in and talk about how Christians should respond in light of that. Well, first, exactly like you said, Rob, first, we should not be surprised, right? These, these happen. Recessions happen. Progress happens. Recession happens. And, you know, I, I was talking right before this about, it made me think about Ecclesiastes 3, 1 that says, for everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. So we know these seasons are going to happen. Yeah. And so we can draw from God's word that reality that economic uncertainty is certain, and yet God is on the throne. So how then should believers view a recession? Well, first off, you know, we talked a while back, Rob, um, in early January about, you know, uh, vision and mission and values and goals. And, you know, when you have a plan in place, it is much easier to make changes to those plans, to pivot from those plans, rather than if you had no plan at all. Because without any plan at all, you're trying to look at everything and figure this out, and confusion and frustration can take over. But we know that God is not a God of confusion or frustration. He is a God of clarity. He is a God of detail and a God of peace. So the first step I would recommend is spend more time in prayer. The more time you can get in prayer, the more time you can get closer to the heart and mind of God, the better prepared that we are each going to be to make the decisions that we need to make and react 
to what is happening outside of us, those areas that we can control and those areas that we can't control. So we're praying, we're renewing our mind in God's Word. What about those goals that we talked about? You shared with us several weeks ago, John, that it really starts with your vision and then your mission and then your values as you set financial goals, really any goal, but certainly financial goals are included. Do those goals need to change when we're entering into a recession? Well, they definitely need to be considered. Uh, You know, a lot of times we'll say vision doesn't change that often. That's the point on the horizon that's where you're headed. But the mission, the route you take to get to that point on the horizon will likely change. It's no different than if you're taking a trip and you're driving, you know, 10 hours across the country and you get to a place and you see road closed. We need to take a detour. Happened to me on the way down here yesterday and we take that detour. My point on the horizon hasn't changed, but my route has changed. And what happens is in the time of a recession, your vision can get blurry. Mm. Your mission will be challenged and your values, they will be tested. So that's why prayer and scripture and leaning more on the body of Christ around you becomes even more important in the time of a recession. Mm. And it's why that goal setting process, starting with your vision and then your mission and your values is so critical because these really aren't just written in the sand. We've really thought deeply about where God is leading us. Absolutely. And once you have a direction where you're headed, it's much easier for God to move us when we are moving. You know, if you're planning for a recession, if we have one later this year, does that show a lack of faith? What are the steps you need to take? And what about job security? We're talking with our friend John Putnam today, founder of Smarter Stewardship, certified kingdom advisor and certified financial planner. Much more just around the corner, including your questions. At Faith and Finance, we're on a mission to educate, equip, and connect you and many others with the powerful financial answers found in God's Word. We're working to meet people right where they are through national radio programs, our app, website, and other resources. If you've benefited from this program, would you consider becoming a monthly Faith and Finance patron? Check out all of the benefits of a Faith and Finance patron's membership at faithfi.com and click Give on the homepage. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Sound Mind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. Soundmindinvesting.org. Thanks for joining us today on Faith and Finance. Joining me in the studio today, my friend John Putnam, certified kingdom advisor, author, and founder of Smarter Stewardship, a marketplace ministry offering resources, podcasts, and content to help you be a wise and faithful steward. You can learn more at smarterstewardship.com. 
Com. We're talking today about a recession, not whether or not we'll have one. 64% of economists, based on a recent survey, think we will have some form of a recession in 2023. Our friend Bob Dahl shares with us each week his analysis of the market. He believes we'll have at least a mild recession. The question today is, how do we respond as believers? We were talking before the break about really a biblical perspective, this idea that there are seasons. We see that clearly in Scripture. We also know we should lean in with prayer and study of God's Word when there's uncertainty, and that our goals shouldn't change if we have them based on our vision and our mission and our values. But John, when we talk about preparing for a recession, uh, some might say that shows a lack of faith. What's your perspective on that? No, not at all. Again, back to Ecclesiastes 1, that for everything there's a season, a time for every matter under heaven. We know there are seasons, and we know that we are called to plan. One of my favorite verses of Proverbs 16, 9, that says, The mind of man makes his plans, but God directs our steps. So we are called to plan, but we want to leave room for God to move us the way we need to move, which is why staying close to him is so important. So I don't think it shows a lack of faith at all. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite of that. I think that it roots our faith even more deeply when we understand that this is a season. There are mountaintops and there are valleys. And one thing I want to make sure that I share with our listeners today, Rob, is that, guys, remember, we are built for the valleys, mm. Right. We may be a little out of shape coming off one of the biggest booms in history since 2009. We may be a little out of shape. We may have forgotten that we are warriors, but we are warriors, and God has given us. He has equipped us with what we need. So do not be afraid of this, but do take it seriously. Yeah, I love that. You were about to start to preach there. Hey, <laughs> I was getting ready to go from preaching to meddling, as they say. <laughs> you know, John, when we think about this idea of recession readiness, what strikes me is that preparation allows us to be ready to continue to provide and be there to support our families. But there's also readiness to be able to respond to those in need around us through our giving, right? Amen. So let's talk about that just for a second. So, look, this is a tough time for many people. There are, there are people that are listening that are dealing with the challenges around scarcity, and there are people that are listening that are dealing with the opportunities around abundance. And one of the areas that I would just want to encourage is that if you need help, ask for help. If you're dealing with the challenges of scarcity, ask for for help, lean in on the body in times like this. And at the same time, conversely, if you're operating in a place of abundance, if you're blessed at this time to have a steady job, to have the abundance, look for ways to increase your ability to help. Look around, increase your visibility of what is needing around you, and then be able to take even a deeper perspective in your giving and your generosity at a time like this. I love that. And that's so true. John, let's talk about the financial steps we should take to prepare for a recession and how they conform to scripture. What ideas would you share with our audience? Well, one, let me just a big picture before we get into the detail. The first one is understand that a recession coming in or any really crisis or a challenging time that we are in, it does have its challenges 
Rob, but it also has its opportunities. Hmm. So it's not all just negative. There are positives here if we look for them. If we only look for the negative, we'll only find the negative. But if we also look for the positives, the opportunities at this time as well, we will find those too. And I love to talk about just one in particular before we get into the financial piece because opportunities are going to increase, especially from a relational standpoint. This is a topic that your family your friends, your coworkers, your community is going to be talking about, and they are going to be watching us as believers, our countenance, our attitudes, the way we think, the way we operate, not pretending it's not there, yeah. but keeping the joy and the peace and the focus in the midst of it, even with the financial challenges that we might be having. So with relational opportunities yeah. also comes ministry opportunities. Yeah. Oh, that is such a good word, John. And that really is one of these differentiators as the body of Christ that we should have as a hallmark of our lives. And in these times of uncertainty and valley that you described earlier, what an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. All right. What about some of those practical financial steps? Absolutely. So look, some of the core missional steps that we all take, spend less, avoid debt, keep cash, be generous, set goals. Guys, those are as in style in a time of crisis and recession as in a time of progress and economic boom. So leverage on these. So for example, let's take spend less because one of the topics that comes up a lot is do we think about decreasing our expenses, increasing our income. Those are two levers that we can pull. And people that lose a job, is there another opportunity out there? But what I will tell you is on the spending side, think about where you can immediately reduce your spending. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've got a resource on the website, smarterstewardship.com, that lets you look at your budget in a unique way that immediately identifies what are some spending categories you can immediately take to zero. So if you're dealing with scarcity, taking it to zero increases cash flow. If you're dealing with abundance, taking those those optional expenditures to zero allows you to increase your ability to help Others. That's a very tactical one. Immediately you can take advantage of I love that. SmarterStewardship.com. Check out that resource because your budget, your spending, your ability to rein in your expenses during a time like this is so critical. John, we're getting short on time. Quickly, job security is always a concern when recession strikes. What's your advice for folks concerned about that? Well, I would just say be aware of what's happening with your employer. Again, remembering there are areas that you can control, areas you can't control. There are economic pressures on businesses these days. Businesses are having to make very difficult decisions. That involves you know, um, hiring freezes. It involves reducing workforces. And I would just say be aware of what's happening out there. But, but what you can control is stay focused in the work that you are doing that we can only control what we have availability to control. But if you do feel there's opportunities there, you know, you could start putting the word out, putting feelers out. What might be a plan B if that does happen? And if it never happens to you, maybe your plan B that you've identified could be a plan B for a friend or a family member or someone in the community who needs that next job. But there are tons of companies out there still hiring. I see it every day. And the opportunity is there. And as we think about preparing for the recession, 
Rob, I fish shared with you, we've got a mini course available about how do you prepare for this recession? What does recession readiness look like and how do you approach it? And would love to make that available to your listeners. Absolutely. John, such valuable insights. I really appreciate my time with you, my friend. Thanks for stopping by. So good to be with you, Rob. Thank you, my friend. That was John Putnam. You can learn more at smarterstewardship.com. That's smarterstewardship.com. Your calls are next, 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. At Faith and Finance, we're on a mission to educate, equip, and connect you and many others with the powerful financial answers found in God's Word. We're working to meet people right where they are through national radio programs, our app, website, and other resources. If you've benefited from this program, would you consider becoming a monthly Faith and Finance patron? Check out all of the benefits of a Faith and Finance patron's membership at faithfi.com and click Give on the homepage. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. Thanks for joining us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. One line open, 800-525-7000. You know, here at FaithFi, we always want to keep you updated on the great things God is doing through this ministry. And by His favor and grace in 2022, we saw a significant growth in our radio and podcast listenership, our visits to our uh, website, nowfaithfi.com, for people looking for biblical advice. We saw a triple in growth to our website. We've also seen a significant Significant growth in our FaithFi app. Um, and what we found is, here's what's really exciting, that users of the FaithFi app are giving five times more than the average Christian giver, which we're delighted to see as folks are coming to us wanting to be a better steward of God's resources. And I hope you're as encouraged as I am about what God's doing through this ministry. And if you would like to be a part of what we're doing here at uh, Faith and Finance, uh, you'd like to prayerfully consider a gift this year. We'd certainly love for you to partner with us when you head to our website, again, faithfi.com. That's faithfi, our brand new site, and just click give at the top of the page. And Thanks in advance. Let's head back to the phones. We've got a full lineup of calls, so we'll get to as many questions as we can. Next to Indiana. Hi, Jennifer. How can I help you today? Okay, so my question is, I have a 529 set up for my son, and he is um, halfway through his junior year. And I try to get the max every year put in so we get the state tax benefit. But this year, it's pretty much lost everything I've put in. Um, So I guess my question is just in the next year and a half before he needs it, should I continue to put into that or should I just put those monthly contributions in a savings account? Sure, sure. Well, I I think, you know, the good news is you're not going to use up all of this money at once, I wouldn't imagine. I mean, do you have enough in there where this is going to be spread even once he goes off to college over uh, his college career, or will it all get used up in a very short period of time? Um, No, it'll get spread out. 
Okay. Yeah, that's good. So you've got enough in there, obviously, that what you contributed in a single year, when you say you lost all of that, it's because that portion versus the total amount that was invested, you still probably were down, you know, typically with the market, um, which I understand that's a lot of money. We don't want to lose anything. But the good news is that this should recover because he's still, you know, a couple of years away from needing this money and then probably four years beyond that. So you've got kind of a six-year window. Uh, so should you put more money in this year? Um, the question is, is that tax benefit going to be um, enough to offset what might be still enough, you know, a rough year in the market? And it may or may not come out that way. And so I think, to your point, you may just decide that given how close he is to retirement, or excuse me, to college, not retirement, given how close he is to college, and given that we're expecting 60% of economists think we're headed for a recession, uh, to some degree, that's a little bit of that's probably already priced into the market, so to speak, but it absolutely could be worse than folks are expecting. And if so, that means another kind of down leg on this market. So I'd probably, given how how close he is, go with your option to maybe continue to save outside of the 529, but leave what I have invested right where it is. So you have the chance over the next year or two between now and when he heads off to college for that to recover. Once you regain what you've lost, I would be moving that to the most conservative option in the 529 plan so that, you know, no matter what happens from that point forward, you're focused on protecting the capital that you have. And then, you know, over the balance of this year and next, perhaps, as you save in that uh, savings account, which, you know, at least you'll get a little bit of interest in a high yield savings account, maybe three and a half percent or something. Uh, at least, you know, you've got that portion and you don't have to sell any of those investments to be able to utilize that money. Uh, the only other question I would have for you, Jennifer, is uh, do you think there's a chance you would qualify for need based aid through the FAFSA? No. Okay. Yeah. So then you're not concerned about whether that's, you know, whose asset it's considered. So I think, um, you know, I'd go that route, uh, for this year and perhaps, uh, next year, uh, you know, in saving in, uh, just a, a high yield savings account. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. You're very welcome, Jennifer. Thanks for your call today. Uh, to Indiana. Hey, Randy, how can I help you, sir? Yes. I have a uh, 7,000 I'm putting in the Roth for my Roth IRA. I was wondering if I should put that in the Roth or should I put that in an I-bond with the rates being higher? Yeah. Is this money that you are earmarking for retirement, Randy? Yes. All right. And how far off is retirement roughly for you? Oh, it could be between uh, three years and 10 years. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't use the I bond for that. The I bond is really for money that uh is kind of has a time horizon of between 1 and 5 years and even then these rates that we're experiencing right now that are elevated is still fairly attractive but it's temporary because the Fed is using every weapon <laughs> in their tool belt to try to get this uh you know inflation down to their target of 2% and as they do that the you know rates on these I bonds are going to fall. So I think what we're experiencing right now is temporary, which means that it's good for money that has a short-term time horizon of at least a year, but you want safety. Uh, it's not good for money that has a five-plus year time horizon. You'd be much better off putting it in the Roth, getting that tax-free growth, and taking advantage of, uh, of these you know, attractive prices in terms of stock valuations. Okay, great. And the second question, is Roth IRA better than a Roth 401k? 
They're exactly the same. So the only difference is you've got a much higher uh, contribution limit in the 401k, and it has to go in through salary deferral through your paycheck. The only other difference is the Roth 401k may have matching, and it's going to have a limited investment universe of stocks, bonds, mutual funds to pick from, uh, whereas your Roth IRA can be invested in essentially anything. What's the most you can put in the 401k then? Uh, what is your age? Above 60. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you can put in this year, uh, let's see, 22500 uh, 22, and an additional 6500 I believe, over that. So you should be able to put in $29,000. If you're putting some into a TSP, can you do uh, as much into the um, Roth as well? Oh, not the Roth, but the 401k? Uh, yes, the TSP uh, contribution limits are exactly the same as the uh, 401k. So you can put in both in the same year? No, you can't do both, uh, but the limit is the same. So if you if you have a TSP at work and not a 401k, you have the same limit as somebody who's contributing to a 401k, but you can't, you can't do both at the same time. Oh, very good. All right, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for your call, Randy. Well, folks, uh, we are about out of time today, but we appreciate so much all of your calls. You know, here's what we want to do each day on this broadcast. We want to understand God's heart as it relates to our money, because we know there's 2,300 verses in God's Word that deal with money and possessions. And the reason for that is because there's so much to say about our money and our hearts and ultimately our walk with the Lord. Would you come back and join us again next time? We'll be here for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.